I mentioned this morning that in the stats that I read from the Veterans Administration, they're pushing more than a million individuals who have given their life as a result of preservation of freedom. And that is no small number, and it is not by accident. Memorial Day, that is tomorrow as we celebrate, we pause to remember those who laid their life down for that freedom, family and friends. One week after Pearl Harbor, the attack, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, and I quote, those who long enjoy such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. This was, of course, a week after. And the slaughter that took place in Pearl Harbor, the surprise attack. We know that there is a day that is celebrated and remembered by Americans as Pearl Harbor Day. And we know that. But we know that humanity, we have a tendency to forget the sacrifices of individuals or what it took for us to gain ground in our life. I said this morning that freedom is never free. It's almost always bought with the blood of patriots. The biggest battle that we as Americans are facing today, and I could share it with you in Scripture, is the battle for the very soul of our nation, America. Everywhere you turn, you find the opposing force of darkness, and we understand that. We see it all around us every single day. Someone said the other day, Pastor, do you think that it can get worse? And I said before it's all over, it not only will get worse, but it'll get more worse with each passing generation should the Lord tarry. But here's something, the erosion of a society and of a culture is a slow process, and we have yet seen it seemingly accelerate in the last several years. We know that often it doesn't matter who's seated at the table there in, in the Capitol, who the president might be, that the nation, of course, that, that we knew back when maybe I was a kid 35 or 40 years ago, when I was a child, that nation has changed. That nation has changed in the last 10 years. If you talk to public school teachers today and they say, what is the barometer of school children today that come to the school? And they will tell you it's getting worse almost by the year. You see, the position we're in today is because of what we tolerated yesterday. And the position we'll be in tomorrow will be because of what we tolerated today. I want to take just a few brief moments. We know that you and I enjoy what we enjoy today because of the lives of individuals who suffered it, because of leadership, many of them who gave their lives. I heard an individual, I, I can't quite remember his name, as he talked about millennials yesterday on a news program. And this is what he said. He's a major individual that was over, gave oversight to the capture of bin Laden. He was an individual in many, many, many areas of combat. 
and of course is known. He's written a book, and I'm going to get a copy of it and read it. But he said this about millennials. He said, listen, many people talk badly about millennials, but let me tell you about the millennials that I have seen. In my service, and my tenure as a major leader in the military, I've saw many millennials that signed up. I've seen them in fire battles. I've seen them with their backs against the wall. Though they may be young, their heart is filled with courage. And he said, I suggest to you that one of the greatest cultures is going to be born when these young millennials who are earning their right, of course, to say, I am a proud American, America will be proud of the millennials before it's all done. Right now, sending 1,500 or more troops in the Middle East, those are not 50-year-old men. It's not 40-year-old men. It's not 35-year-old men and women. I can tell you, it's young men who are ready for combat and ready to battle and ready to be told what to do for one reason, so they can preserve the freedom of the United States of America. But at the heart of who we are, our culture is slowly forgetting what it means to be a Christian nation. So I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to read in 2 Chronicles 7, 17. Oh, you know 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We're all aware of that. This is Scripture, of course, that we're talking about Solomon. And let me read it to you and for you, 2 Chronicles 7, 17 through 22. As for you, God has appeared to Solomon and he is speaking to him. As for you, buddy, as for you, Solomon, if you walk before me one-on-one as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and laws, I will establish your royal throne as I covenanted with David your father when I said, you shall never fail to have a man to rule over Israel. But if you turn away and forsake the decrees and commands I've given you and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will uproot Israel from my land, which I have given to them. And I will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Solomon built the temple. It's right after the dedication when this takes place. And though this temple is now so imposing, all who pass by will be appalled and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers who brought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why he brought all this disaster upon them. A sobering moment in the life of Solomon. God said, I made a covenant with your dad, and I want you to, I'm standing with that covenant. But here's the agreement. But if you expect to have the covenant benefits and the favor, you're going to have to honor me. He said, because I have the record of your past history I have a record when you rebelled against Moses. I have, I have a record of all the things that, that you have done. I have a record, and understandably so. 
He said, I have a record as it relates to, to Joshua. And we know what happened there. And he says, if you honor me, there'll be a person on the throne. We look at America and we say, all right, we have young men and women that are dying for the freedom that we can remain free. Well, wouldn't you think the core of who we are as American culture and citizens ought to be certain that we say to those young people that will fight and give their lives for the cause of freedom, you are fighting for a bastion of strength and power that is based upon God Jehovah and not the latest fad or the latest culture that sweeps by in the lives of men and women. God said to Solomon in verse 17, do all I command and observe my decrees and laws. In other words, it's really simple. Be obedient. Do what I ask. There was a great concern to God as he gave Solomon that kingdom. David's cry to God was simple. Lord, give my son the wholehearted devotion to keep your commandments. All based on obedience to the laws and decrees. God, be sure in the heart of my son, Solomon that you give him a desire to follow after you. We have concerns about America. They're not new. I'll reiterate a few of them for a moment. We're concerned because we know that we can now share with you the stats that when prayer was stopped in the public school system and prayer is stopped in many meetings as it relates to society in general, that the culture in that relationship and that society begins to digress because no one is seeking after God. We know that we can show now proven stats that when the Ten Commandments were out of the, out of the public buildings today, it was a lack of focus that said, okay, then who does guide us? What does guide us? And here's what government says. You guide yourself. You're an individual. You have personal rights. You have rights as a citizen. You have rights as a human being. Your right is to whether or not you call life or give life. But the reality is all of us have individual rights. We know that. But my friend, sometimes our culture don't know how to get out the rain on a rainy day we forget that our heart is a heart that is foreign to God unless we seek after him we know a desire to push church aside and we read that all the time that is to say church doesn't matter remember society slowly digresses the church community slowly digresses away from that kind of commitment. We see corruption in government and everywhere. One billion websites of pornography where people are feeding on that. An increase of child abuse. More than a thousand kids in Polk County that are homeless right now. And a lack of true revival that only the church can pray for and see it come to pass. We should be concerned about America. For I ask myself, God, I have a grandson who's a Marine. And God, I thank you for him. But Lord, do I want him? Should he face a battle? Should he face a battle? Am I excited about him giving his life for a nation today that virtually has turned their back on America, on God, and yet we do it over and over again? There are virtues of America. We are, and we say it out of humility we are the greatest nation in the world. 
We can be happy about our farmers because one-tenth of one percent of the world's population are employed by farms. And yet that one-tenth of one percent in America feeds 25 percent of the world's population. Go rural America. Most wealthy nation in the world. Strongest nation we believe. And more recently we can declare of great military might and technology. We know that it is a land of opportunity. If you can rub two nickels together and somebody give you an opportunity, you can be an entrepreneur, start your own business, and engage in whatever you desire. We sit here tonight with the beautiful ability to have freedom in worship and our choice of a congregation. We're able to stream it, of course, to the entire world that might look on our FaceTime or our website and see what's happening where recently in Israel last weekend, we know that a firebomb was thrown in the studios of the Star Television Network. Marcus and Joni Lamb, of course, they're, they're programming firebomb because, as some of the reporters said, they don't like the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they firebomb the studios. Listen to me, friend. It really doesn't matter what the enemy and those opposed to Christianity might do. You will never take down Almighty God. His word will never be hushed, and His message will never be quieted as long as there's one soul willing to give God honor and praise. We are blessed with abundance, great abundance. It's an amazing thing. Most of us have more than we've ever had. Well, we live in a democratic style of government. I don't like what the government is doing. Well, we don't want dictatorship, do we? I don't. We have a democratic style, and we offer because we can be a big brother to other nations, and we should encourage them. I read a number of years ago when I did the research for this message something that came right out of the Wall Street Journal many years ago. Let me share it with you. They said, what America needs is a family worship time and a religion that prompted our forefathers to quit work at half an hour earlier on Wednesdays so that the entire family could get ready to go to prayer meeting. Amen. Wall Street Journal? Hello? Do you think they'd make that statement today? That was born out of tragedy that hit America because someone realized we are losing our core. And yet young men and women sign up every day and say, I will support and defend the Constitution. And yet here's what they hit. Buddy, Wednesday night prayer meeting is when the prayer meeting took place and it sustained the American family. America is a great nation. As long as we remember God, it will remain great. Finally, the hope of America. God said to Solomon, as long as you remember my covenant, you will never fail to have someone to rule Israel. Can you imagine what it would be like in traffic on I-4 if someone were get out, out there in a vehicle and say, I don't care about the laws. I don't care what lane anybody is supposed to be in. I want to drive like I want to drive. 
I'm going to run people off the road. I'm going to run as fast as I want. I'm not going to stop all the way at any stoplight or anything of that nature. As a matter of fact, if I want to, I'll get in the other lane and run contrary to the, to the position that they're going. I want to drive any way that I want to drive. How many of you know that would be disastrous sooner than later? It would be. How do we think that we can live our life as a nation any way we want to and disregard the covenant and the laws that Jesus Christ, God the Father, put in place and said, you're best served by paying attention, Solomon, to the covenants and the decrees of God's law. Amen? May we gather that in. Our hope is found in IBM. No. Our hope is found, get this, in Chick-fil-A. No. Our hope is found in the Creator, God Jehovah. You see, our hope is found in the power of prayer that we took a moment a few minutes ago and just meditated. Just let the worship singers, but it was just you, if you disciplined your mind just long enough for God to speak to you. Our hope is found in Christian character in the character of individuals who say, I am a pressing believer. You see, non-believers won't pay any attention to a haphazard Christian. Non-believers won't pay any attention to a person who's on the, on the side of God one day and on the side of, a, of something else on another day. They're not impressed with people that are on the fence. Do you know what an ungodly society likes, though sometimes they may not admit it to you, Here's what they like. They like for you to say who you are and then do what you say you're going to do. And if you're a professing believer, you live that life out. That's called Christian character, if you believe that. We believe that America has need of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we keep the church open and Christian fellowship. We need one another. We need Christian fellowship. We need that because it breathes life into us. That's why we enjoy small groups. That's why we have the grow track, because we realize that's a part of building up the personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe that there is hope as long as the presence of the Holy Spirit is allowed to function in our hearts. Holy Spirit, that are, you are welcome here. Amen? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your guidance. I want to listen to you. I need that touch. We still believe there's hope because we have an altar. Amen? That the altar is a place where often we can get down and meet with God. Well, Pastor, I don't know. You know, God dwells in every one of us. I don't know that we need an altar. Well, it's funny to me, out of the whole Old Testament, there were altars, of course. And in the New Testament, we consecrated ourselves at an altar of commitment. I'm telling you, nothing can take the place of a personal altar and a corporate altar where we bow in Jesus' name in humility and say, here I am, God. Thank the four of you, Clout. We believe in a praying family. I told the individuals in the dedication a moment ago, your kid will raise. They'll raise themselves. Kids don't have to worry about getting in trouble. It's carnal nature. I mean, you may be as good as you are, but I promise you, we all get in trouble from time to time. Amen? If you don't believe it, ask your spouse. 
We all don't do the right thing from time to time. It's carnal nature to do that. But here's what we know, that family devotions, having a time of prayer, well, I don't have 30 minutes every day. You don't. God can make you have a whole lot more time than 30 minutes. It's important, family, that devotions, the pride of military readiness, we can be proud of that. Our military is ready. The pride of a positive attitude about our country. I don't hate America. I don't want to talk badly about America. I want to identify the areas where we're weak, but I want you to know I still would not trade my American citizenship for any other country on the face of the earth. I've had people say, I'm going to move to another nation, and I'm going to say to them, get your bags packed and go now. Because of you not for us, you are against us. Amen. I get pride in seeing an American flag because I know that that is because of Almighty God. And we understand that by His grace. So here we go now. We have Joshua prior to there in 2 Chronicles when God is speaking to Solomon. And there in 2 Chronicles, we shared with you God's commitment to Solomon and said, if you keep my decrees. And Solomon says, hey, everybody, I want you to know I intend to keep the decrees. But prior to that revelation from God to Solomon, David, of course, made mistakes, but he was a stellar king when it came to keeping his heart right before God. We now go back to Joshua. And Joshua says at the end of his leadership in Joshua 24, 13. So we heard what God said to Solomon. Now we read years before Joshua 24, God saying, So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers, worship beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if everybody serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then He says... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served before the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord, Joshua said. Then the people answered, we get it. Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers up out of Egypt from that land of slavery and performed those great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. God, we will. Well, what happened to them what happened in Solomon's reign and leadership is they forgot it. 
You remember Roosevelt? Those who long to enjoy such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. Whoever you are, whatever you have, is because there is a God who loved you, who sent his Son and Jesus, who gave his life. And the Holy Spirit who hovers in us and over us and says, if you keep your covenant, if you obey my commands, I promise you, I will take you through the hard places and the rough places. And you can hang on to the anchor, which was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. But if you forget, very subtly as an individual or as a nation, but if you forget, you will gradually drift away and ultimately have a hardened heart and a cold perspective on society, and you will lose your ability to maintain a humble heart. May God bless America, and may God bless all of the families of those who have given their lives. Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, we do thank you, we honor you, and we worship you. Now, we know that all of us here, God, we we made a commitment and a covenant. We're here tonight. We know that we have lots and lots and lots of people looking online right now at this service. I, I pray your favor and I pray your blessing may be upon them, God. I may that we all pray that we all make the kind of commitment that says, Lord Jesus, I will in fact remember. I'll take a look at my assets and I'll take a look at the favor you've given me. And I will remind myself that it was not by might nor by power that I have any favor, but it's by your Holy Spirit. And that, God, your covenant love for me gives me a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. Your covenant love for me offers me more love and more mercy than I could ever imagine. But tonight, God, I'm a proud American. And I'm humbled to have the privilege to be called an American. But most importantly, I'm humbled by the fact that you gave your life for me. And I can say that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. May we remember your covenant with us. May we remember the hand of your guidance and protection that's been in our lives all along. And I pray in the name of Jesus. God, that you would love us more than we could ever imagine. And we'll give you praise while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, my life's not quite in tune with God. I'm not walking straight and I'm, I'm just kind of faltering and fumbling around. And I really just need to make just one more focus in the Lord. Or you might say, buddy, I'm so burdened down. I got so many things that's weighting me down. My neck is stiff, my shoulders hurt and I feel like I'm carrying the load of the world and I really would like to chunk that over on the altar pray for me just in case I want to ask everybody to repeat this prayer after me can we do that together here we go heavenly father heavenly father I thank you for Jesus Christ I thank you for Jesus Lord Jesus 
Lord Jesus. I thank you for dying on the cross. I thank you for dying on the I cross. I thank you for the favor. I thank you for the favor that I have received from you. That I have received. From I you. submit my life. I submit my I life. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you for forgiveness. And I stand in your holy presence. And I stand in your holy so presence. So do what I cannot do. So do what I cannot guide do. Guide my footsteps. Guide my footsteps. In your perfect will. In your perfect and will. Father, I'll give you praise. And Father, I'll give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a clap offering, shall we, everybody? Amen. We're going to sing this one song. If you need prayer in some way or another, just a special need that's there, or you prayed that prayer and you're really in your heart of hearts, say, buddy, I felt a release while I was praying that prayer. Whatever you need, we have an altar. You'll slip down here and I'll give the benediction in just a moment. But if you need prayer, come on down right now. Would you do that? Here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful group of people and many, many online tonight. The church is alive and well, and we know what's going on out there. But God, it only takes just one angel or just one word from you to take down multiplied millions. So we know who wins. We read the back of the book, and it's you. And we thank you for letting us be on your team. Now give great favor tomorrow. On this Memorial Day as we celebrate and remember. And Lord, let your Holy Spirit guide us all week long. And God, those who anticipated this coming week and already declare they're going to be worn out. Well, God, change the perspective and let it be rejuvenated in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you just take a few moments of fellowship? They'll keep singing. Just kind of shake a few hands of individuals that you think look pretty good. You don't have to shake everybody's hand, but, but just a few, okay? God bless. Get to know somebody other than your own little cliquish group.